Oh, you're worried that things got bad when Picard cut us off from the Felicia. Well, uh, did they? No! Picard was absolutely right! It was the best thing that ever happened to us. Look, we even made a mural! See, there's the Enterprise leaving us with no drugs. And here's all of us freaking out. We were in a bit of a bad place for the first 0, 10, 14 years, but we figured it out! Once we shook the old demons out, we focused on healthy diet and fitness. You could say we're addicted to that now. <laughs> uh -huh, my kind of people. How much you bench? Oh, we don't do it for the numbers. We do it to quiet the voices in our heads. Nice. I do 250. So, Benir, you have Starfleet at your full disposal. How may we be of assistance? Yeah, we're good. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Nash Karnik, and with me, anxious about the worrying concerns of unmanned Starfleet drones, is... Rudy Fistbaker. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the ninth episode of Season 3 of Lower Decks, Trusted Sources. And do follow us on social media at Strange New Takes, um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, do tell your friends about us. Um, and also do not forget to give us a five-star rating on, on your favorite broadcast, uh, app, um, Apple podcasts, for example, that is how people find us. Uh, and we would love to get more listeners, um, because, uh, we like, uh, a big happy family of people listening to what we're talking about. Exactly. And of course, uh, if your big happy family hasn't watched this episode, it might be wise to wait to listen to this episode because we spoil a lot of stuff about trusted sources and we also spoil a bunch of Star Trek stuff. So just be aware that that's what you're signing yourself up for. All right. Well, as I mentioned before, we're talking about Trusted Sources, the ninth episode of the third season of Star Trek Lower Decks. It first aired on 20th October 2022. It's written by Ben M. Waller and Phil, directed by Phil Mark Sagadraka. I hope I pronounced that right. The in-universe date is 58496.1, which corresponds to 2381. And here's the episode summary for Memory Alpha. A visiting reporter on the Cerritos puts Captain Freeman on edge. I think it's the first time maybe that these short summaries might be adequate to the task of, of summarizing the episode. All right. Well, we always start our episodes with our strange new takes. And Rudy, I'm going to ask you to go first, actually, because I've been talking a whole bunch. And I feel like I need to take a quick break to give our listeners ears a break. Yeah, time for some change. Um, so... I think I think we'll be doing that a lot in this episode since it's just the two of us. So hundred uh, <laughs> percent. But yeah, um, so I have an interesting, um, strange new take. I have a couple. Uh, again, taking advantage that it's just it's just the two of us. I have a couple of non-trek uh, takes. One kind of related to trek, um, and then one for this episode. So, um, if anyone hasn't seen the Star Wars, uh. Uh, series and or um and is generally aware of star wars watches star wars stuff uh, i would highly recommend and or uh, it is connected uh to the uh, rogue one plotline it's supposed to be a an immediate prequel and 
Um, I don't I don't delve in Star Wars too much. I've seen everything. I feel I personally feel that Rogue One is actually um uh, the best Star Wars. Um and I have been equally liking um Andor. It's it's very relevant to how our world is set up today. I won't go in further in terms of uh spoilers. Another take for me is um this weekend, this week, coming week is the uh Indian Hindu Festival of Lights called Diwali. Um mm-hmm. so wishing all our listeners and and you Natch a very happy Diwali. Um an interesting uh uh tale or or, or mythology around um the the prodigal son, the famed son returning after uh, a long exile uh, back to his family, back to his home, um, welcomed by uh, lights. And hopefully, hopefully this, um, this, this strange, this, this whole episode of, of Lower Decks has an equally strange ending, um, considering the plot arc they've started right now. Uh, hopefully a few episodes from now where the, prodigal um, uh, child returns after a while um i will jump in now and i think for my real life strange new takes i'm gonna go super lame and just say that i had never heard that there was something called choco shrooms i'm holding up a packet so rudy can see (laughs) Someone, I, I went to this uh, office where they were they have some nice snacks and my, my colleagues were like, you got to have this choco shrooms, man. I thought they were like legitimately dried mushrooms covered in chocolates. Turns out it's just little sticks of like, you know, biscuit or pretzel or whatever with like a little chocolate head that makes it look like a mushroom. Delicious. Delicious. You have to try it. Um, did you did you know that? Did you know what the insides were when you bit into the first one? Were you, did you I, I figured it out when I looked at the packet because it has, oh. yeah, you know, I, it was, but it was very strange to see all of my colleagues being like, being excited about dried mushrooms and it made a whole lot more sense when it wasn't dried mushrooms. Um, well, getting back to Star Trek, I think this episode um, really showed us one of lower dex's problems which is that they are not good at tonal shifts within the within the episode um (laughs) and this one had a little confused me a little bit because it does have some like various tonal shifts and i don't think i could keep up with it but i guess we'll we'll discuss that as we as we jump into the episode all right sure will Okay, well, let's, let's let's start there. Let's start with discussing um, this episode overall. I think this was... I don't know if you agree with me, Rudy, but I think this episode was meant to be a serious episode. It was not kind of a, a... Like, the overall... I think the overall plot is kind of a serious plot. Well, it sure does end very seriously. <laughs> um, um, a classic... Uh you know, plot sequence of uh, precedence, uh, distrust, uh, hasty actions, and then regret, right? Like, that's that's supposed yeah. to be gripping. Um, and I, I was alerted when you said the problem with this episode was, so I'm, maybe we go into a spiral 
<laughs> bashing it post. Um, but I, I, I'm but, not gonna bash it. I'm not gonna bash it. Don't get me wrong. I did not hate this episode. I'm just saying that I like you know it's pros and cons, right? I think the main con was that it it I had trouble with the tonal shifts. That that's what I meant. Just to clarify. So please don't be afraid of enjoying this episode. <laughs> I had trouble with uh, coming to terms the first half of the episode around uh, blueberry smeared uh, mariner. I'm like, oh my god, they're doing the stupid mariner, irritating mariner again. Uh, can we just have the plot focus on something else, somebody else, some other kind of personality? Um, and and so that, that really bothered me. Um, and it bothered me to an extent where the whole, you know second contact or swing by missions, all of that. That's actually an interesting term. Um, it it kind of reminds me, totally unrelated, but mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of this, like these these robotic probes that we've been sending out for decades now, and then they have swing bys of planets, and, you know, like Voyager and Pioneer, and that's how we got the first pictures and all that fun stuff. So um I guess a few hundred years from now, swing by missions will be just to say a hello to the people living on those planets. Anyways, um, coming back to point, um, mm-hmm. it was it was just like that whole that whole concept of swing by, which again trying to carve out like relevancy for not not lower decks but lower class ships, and there's you know there's a village that it, it takes a village to run a federation, which makes total. Uh, which makes no sense at all, but you know what I mean, right? Like, it it it's not just these flashy flagships. There's there's stuff to be done. So I think there could have been meat and all of that. But this whole Mariner thing, like, it just creates a sense of frustrated anxiety. Um, like, how is this gonna get screwed up? And and it just distracted me for the whole episode. And you know what? Maybe that was the point. Um, of of getting the audience irritated. It's it was hard, I think, to tell. I think I think that the the challenge is that it's hard to tell which was the A plot, right? Like, and which is the the supporting plot. I think we can start with number one. This whole idea of the reporter filming a documentary—it's kind of a we've seen it before in in sci-fi. Like, be Babylon Five as an episode that's a documentary, whether ISN News films a documentary. We've seen it in The West Wing, which is not a sci-fi show, with the episode called Access, which is one of the more controversial shows in that that series as well. So this is something that's kind of a well-worn TV trope, I would say, that we're seeing here. And the two pl- other plots, like you're saying, is like, Number one, our, our California class is basically being nominated as kind of a swing by, you know, check on other planets after, after Starfleet has had their first contact. Um, now, you know, we've heard about the concept of second contact. Now it's being worked out into an initiative that is being piloted by the Cerritos. But then, like you were saying, we very quickly move from that and the reporter to Mariner being disruptive. And to me, that whole disruption in the beginning is being established so that we, you know, we as the audience go along with it when she's sent off to Starbase 80. Like when we see her sitting down with the reporter, we can believe, we we go along with what the writer wants us to think, which is that she's gonna tittle tattled on her on her crewmates, right? Like that's why she's shown walking around with like a mess everywhere with the blueberry pies and stuff. Um 
I think my first big issue is that this whole pie competition thing is a huge non sequitur. Whereas <laughs> the whole swing by reporter thing is, it works and it's kind of serious, right? Like it's, it's both of those are believable. And I think mashing those two things together, I just couldn't, it was a little bit like, again, that tonal shift wasn't quite right to me. Like seeing Mariner walking around, leaving like black puddles every, or blue puddles everywhere she walked was just a little bit strange given the context. And so... Uh, I think right from the start, I was kind of like, what is going on? Like, it's, is it, am I supposed to be laughing? Am I supposed to be like, uh, with, um, with the captain getting frustrated? Am I supposed to be like feeling what Mariner's feeling, but like, I don't care about this pie competition at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, I think that's where it's tough for writing stuff like this because you you do have that exaggeration license right like it's animation so you want it you want to it's like it's like stand up comedy it's hard you you, you want to be exaggerated but if it doesn't hit it doesn't hit right and then it feels like weird and and worse than having not tried at all right um mm -hmm. so not it sounds like you were specifically bothered by the by the it was almost like confused in where the show was, where the episode was trying to go. But were you, were you, uh, did, did it bring up like this frustration or, oh my God, there's a potentially out of control Mariner in play again? Um, uh, it didn't bother me so much, but it was just kind of like, well, we've seen this before. Like, you know, it wasn't like it was kind of like uh, the most innovative thing like i'm i'm almost like expecting now when the show starts for mariner to be up to some crazy stuff you know and everybody will be like oh mariner so which is why like usually <laughs> when she does that everyone's like it's all good and this one is like very serious business we need to like literally hide the lower deckers away because we don't want the reporter to see them and it's like oh well you know things seem to have been going well so it was kind of like I, I, you know, it, it was a little strange. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, I guess. Um, I, I see what you're saying. And if you, if you look back at the last few episodes, Mariner hasn't been in like intense trouble for a little bit, or even if she has, she's redeemed herself. Even in the previous episode, like her, her like Ransom says her reviews were going well or her performance is going well. So it, it, it's like, they're going back to that mother daughter thing and, and every time they try and execute it, I feel anxiety. Well, not anxiety, it's, it's an animation, but I feel that they're not kind of doing it right. And I wonder if it's it's the writers, it's and, and the reason I'm, I'm getting the actors into this as well is because it seems like they have um, an opinion on how the plot goes. And there was mm -hmm. that Deep Space Nine episode where Tony Newsom was, you know, influential in changing how Mariner was portrayed or the, or the, the, the plot that, uh, the way the plot ended in which she was portrayed. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of focus on, on real life relationship kind of situations. And it's, it's just like, I was exhausted at seeing that. I was like, <laughs> you've done so much to like, there's, there's, there's an irritating Mariner, um, construct, plot construct, or, you know, uh, yeah writing that works right which is within this which is like a subplot within a better plot and 
It's mm-hmm. like she's bickering with the others and, and all that. But me, having everything centered on it, every time they've tried that, I've felt like it takes away from the uh, sit back and laugh at some crazy animation kind of uh, appeal yeah. that the show has. Right, exactly. So, and I think this is this is a good cue for us to, to keep popping along the plot a little bit because I think this will become a little bit more clear, which is we very quickly find out that the pie competition has been canceled and which leads into this like kind of... <laughs> ridiculous thing of Rutherford wanting to be phasered because he wants to eat the pie and he's been starving himself so much and I think there were these like there were these like little interludes in this episode which it, it didn't feel tight like the, the 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 episode didn't feel like tightly woven they just spent like a little extra time on that one and you know, the, the captain is walking around with the reporter and, uh, like, ends up in the, like, where the lower deckers are and puts them to sleep by turning off the light. And <laughs> it's, Corny. it was kind of, it was kind of shaping up. So at this point, I felt like it was, the tone was already a little bit off. And then, but I saw those two scenes and I was like, okay, this this maybe is going to be a comedy episode because this, this, this seems like hijinks, right? Like turning the lights off on these people. And then you get to the to the Ornar. So first of all, this the ship is visiting the Ornaran planet, which is a planet TNG visited in its first season. Have you do you remember the episode Symbiosis? Vaguely, uh, I found it uh, weird as well. But again trying to try trying very hard to to convey real life lessons of course in the 90s yeah yeah i mean it's it's literally the drug episode right like don't do drugs <laughs> uh and so it was it was very much one of those i don't have any recollection of whether it was a good episode or not it's also the famous episode in which denise crosby can be seen waving at the screen in the background as a goodbye because it's her last appearance as a full cast member so uh it's oh. the episode before skin of evil so yeah um anyway we we go down to the ornaran planet and turns out not only have they given up core turkey successfully they are now fitness freaks and are doing really well and so it's like there's really nothing for the cerritos to do and there's that hilarious mural that they show (laughs) (laughs) i um but here's the thing right like and I'm not comparing the mural to Rutherford's uh, pie trauma, but here's how like bits and pieces, they're good in themselves, right? Like that whole exchange between Rutherford and that guard and is like, you know, um, mm-hmm. stunned me. It's like, I can't. It's it's kind of funny in itself. The mural is hilarious in itself. Like it's, 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 it's like comical just to look at, but it's also like a stab um, at, at how we perceive history, right? It was like, uh, there was all this like crazy stuff. And then there was all this dark stuff that you can't even, you can't even put faces and pictures in this bunch of like doodles, red, blue, and green doodles against, you know, a black background. And then there's, you know, there's like a, a turning point and, you know, a redemption point and things are amazing again. So it's almost like, yeah, the Federation prides itself in like shaping and and helping cultures along. You know, outside. I mean, not not outside of the Prime Directive, but more like, you know, as as a part of the Prime Directive. Um, mm-hmm. But things happen by themselves, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, and on. and 
and and I, I don't know it's i guess there was there is kind of a little bit of like a um i like how this episode hinted at the fact that after our favorite ship has you know in tos or tng or ds9 or whatever has visited a planet what happens after that right like do does and it turns out starfleet doesn't really check on them which is sort of canon through discovery like basically the federation is getting very large they're like letting they're not living up to the needs of their smaller members so of course like non-member planets that are like far flung you know it makes sense that starfleet just doesn't have the time or capacity or whatever to see what's happened and you could go like with a amount of planets that are in starfleet or in uh, in the star trek universe it makes sense that maybe a planet just doesn't get visited for 20 years and so you have this mural where they all went insane for like 15 years <laughs> and now they're fine um but I think my frustration with that point, on the other hand, is that there's no real, like, they don't stop to, like, take that in. We immediately are back on the ship, and then we're at the Breckian site, where the Breen are now, like, attacking. And so it goes from, like, this lesson about Starfleet and ignoring planets, to now there being the Breen attacking the Cerritos, and it goes into, like, action scene territory, you know? Uh, which... It just was like, there was a little bit of dissonance, again, just there for me, where it's like, oh, ha, 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 like, these guys are fitness freaks. And it's, like, casually hinting at a TNG, like, uh, you know, like, some profound thing about TNG. And then suddenly, like, oh, no, actually, now we're serious, and Lower Deck, we have to care about whether the Cerritos will be destroyed, and the Breen will, like, break their way into the ship, you know? It just was, it, like, very fast. It was, and it, it, it almost, the way you, you narrated, that almost felt like one of those Discovery episodes, I don't know, in the last season or the season before that, where they try to do so much in one episode, and you're like, oh my god, there's so many things happening, what do I focus on? Uh, and I think between the, the Onarans and, and the uh, the Onaran planet and the uh, the Breen invasion on the other planet, Preka, right? Um, mm -hmm. There's the whole bit about uh, getting getting rid of Mariner, so that's also like, a big deal that happens right um so it is it is kind of all over the place um uh, keeping aside the you know i i guess these planets were in the same system uh, i don't remember correctly but one was like suffering from like recovering from rehab issues and then another was like okay i guess it lost a market to sell stuff to but it probably was comparatively better off than the other one when when TNG and Picard left it, but somehow that's the one that got attacked and taken over uh, by the Breens, and and so that yeah, makes sense either. We didn't, and that, yeah, we didn't really explore what happened there. You know, like it was just like, oh, we're on this planet, and I guess there was something funny about like, you know, Freeman being really excited to be there and like meet this other culture, and there just being nobody. But we didn't like talk. We hardly talked about that until suddenly everyone's getting shot, and then I was like. And you see this little boy getting vaporized. And I was like, is that supposed to be some sort of like dark humor? And then, yeah. no, it's actually really serious. And they're actually in danger now, you know? So um, it was just kind of a strange shift for me. It was, it was, it was. And, and yeah, like it's, they, they, they kind of, they kind of, I don't know if they were trying to set it up like, hey, we're going to fool the audience into thinking that, oh my God, this show is going to somehow get um, get 
get Manor to come back and 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 save him, right? Like Kirk mm-hmm. style in that in that uh, Strange New Worlds episode, that alternate universe episode where he goes off, it comes mm-hmm. back with uh, like uh, I don't know a facade to 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 help uh, the Federation against the Romulans. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they they didn't dive um below below even one level deep in any of these uh planetary aspects because it's pretty evident they were probably not going to go back to it again ever um again for like and, and they, well mm-hmm. the funny thing is like i guess star trek revisited the onarans and 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 breka like after um 30 years <laughs> right <laughs> like right in, in terms of reality and, and that's what it's probably going to be going forward yeah, yeah, and and so it, like I said, it it does give you kind of this view into like what happens on these worlds after we see them on TV, right? Which is kind of cool. Um, now, the other thing that's been happening in the background here, while while all of this has been interspersed in between these things, is the interviews that the reporter is doing on the Cerritos, right? And again, like the bar has been closed to make it a interview area. And we see like these little interspersed little like monologues from people where we again, it's the return of creepy ransom, which like you were saying, like, uh, you know, you're tired of Mariner being a certain way. I really wanted to leave creepy ransom behind. Like it, it wasn't a good fit for, I think, like Star Trek today. Like it's just kind of weird. <laughs> and so to have that back was uh, not great in my opinion. Um, but yeah. And, and if you want to be serious, right, you can't, like, have everyone, like, including the audience watching and the fans be like, oh, yeah, we know Ransom. That's just his normal stuff, you know. He's, he's We've known him from before. He's weird, but he's kind of harmless because it, it's it's not harmless, right? Um, no. And so you're kind of like, you're not condoning it. Maybe you are. I don't even know, right? You're condoning that kind of behavior. And, and then that's not serious. But then you're trying to do something else serious, so it's kind of confusing. Yeah, it's just, it was just a little like, like you were saying, I think, it's just like, we thought we left this behind uh, mm. in, in early Lower Decks, and now it's back. And then, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I don't know if uh, we, we, we could do this, but I actually wanted to, come because I... I somewhat remember that Babylon 5 ISN episode. Um, and in terms of comparison, uh, if, if you're cool with that, Natch, I feel that even though that was like a well-tried-out trope, it's it's almost nice to run it in a way where you have somebody, you know who is coming to look for holes, and then they're seeing things, and you know they're going to like take, take clips and then make a really nasty version of it later on, right? But... Mm-hmm. In this case, you you weren't. They didn't do that. Even they, you didn't quite know where it was gonna go. Um, you all you knew was they were building up this. Again, it's like there's literally and and on and metaphorically smearing Mariner with the with the blue <laughs> blueberry and and you know, uh, like she's she's skewing mm-hmm. towards. They also kind of like she's like I'm gonna do something, and they're like no, don't and. And and so that's the focus as opposed to like they could have done a lot of they could have been fun with this whole like 
you know, authoritarian or not authoritarian, but somebody coming like biased reporters coming and reviewing stuff. Right. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's also a serious lesson in, in today's world. Um, and I actually liked how Babylon five had done that many, many years or decades ago, uh, you know, in taking clips. And then there's other options as well. Like I remember there's, um, not you, you probably haven't seen Stargate, but there's a Stargate episode where there's like a reporter brought into the complex and all, and it's done. It's actually an emotional one. It's done really well. Again, I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen Stargate, but there's a huge plot reveal as part of that documentary. And it, it kind of catches you off guard and it's emotional. And, mm. and um, I don't remember which episode of Stargate, but there's var- varieties of options um, uh, tested and, and tried and tested options and how to take a, a, a visiting reporter approach even in star trek and and create some intrigue and and emotion around it here it was more like this is the backdrop to the mariner and freeman relationship yes 100 percent. i 100 percent agree and i think you just nailed one of the other issues here which is that this reporter is there but when we see like little snippets out of her camera but not enough to really like get any depth to it, right? Like we didn't even even the people she interviewed, like Ransom was being creepy. Um, that uh, like the the and the Dharma guy Trill. No, I was talking about the Trill Ensign, whose name okay. I'm not forgetting. It's uh, Barnes. Arms. I knew it was a B name. Um, she says some like slightly relevant things, and then we have Kayshawn, uh, who makes a joke about living in a cave. Like this, this, this reporter scenes could offer a chance for some real depth on this ship, like l- real, like development of the characters or this crew or something, you know. And we don't really get that. The only thing we do get is at the very end we see Mariner revealing herself as saying very nice things about the Cerritos, like when she was saying, "Yeah, these guys got to learn the truth about being here." She's saying good things. But that's, I, I don't know. I feel like it was a missed opportunity, like you're suggesting. Like, there, there could have been more to this format and they didn't go all in with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, right? Like, there, there is, in this case, there is a huge plot reveal and an, a pivot and an arc direction change. But, and, and don't get me wrong, I think Lower Decks is still one of the better Star Treks um, around by far. Oh, yeah. But somehow I feel, I feel that this, this, this twist of, you know, uh, Mariner, uh, you know, abandoning and, and going on this, uh, you know, independent bounty hunter, treasure hunter kind of thing, I'm worried it'll not last for more than an episode. And then they'll go back to, like, doing other things. So, uh the show it's an animation the show needs show needs to keep it light and comical and they have the ability to do that in pockets here and there like there's real good humor in all the episodes i think they need to stay with that but if they attempt seriousness they need to they need to be serious about attempting seriousness again yeah yeah i think i think you're right there and um so to get so to to jump back into the plot of this episode, Mariner gets sent to Starbase eighty. So we have some more 
comic elements making their way in where it turns out why do people hate Starbase 80 because it's full of like Luddite slobs like the guy literally has a Rolodex late in the show when when the captain calls him to try and reach Mariner <laughs> he's got a Rolodex of like how to contact people and they're chasing around a bat with a broom um they have a one size fits some outfit like a tube <laughs> outfit that they wear they're like there's trash everywhere it smells so, like, Starbase 80 is basically a garbage dump. It's like that Melon ship from Voyager where oh, it's, yeah. like, with the toxic waste. <laughs> so that was, that was genuinely funny, I think, as a reveal. I, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, and again, like, you can do great funny stuff in snippets and and, and maybe they should have extended that a little bit, shown, shown um, uh, Mariner suffer that. <laughs> or, like... Uh, you know, interact with those people more than just like her, her, you know, uh, affecting the transfer with her thumbprint and then leaving on that shuttle. Um, but, but I don't know. I think, I think maybe we should, uh, you know, a call out to the writers. Maybe we should, uh, go visit Starbase 80 once more, quite, quite literally in terms of the Cerritos and as the show and, and learn a little bit more about <laughs> what's going on in there. Uh, in their setup with their onesies and whatnot. Well, we, I, I think uh, it, it would be weird for them not to, right? Like it's too good of a setup, right? It is, but it's going back to my worry of them like superficially dabbling in stuff and, and maybe not diving into details. Um, well, it would yeah. be, I mean, it would be like a hijinks episode, 100% if they go to Starbase 80. It would be like just, you know, look at this hilarious, like, station full of slobs, right? Like, And, and here's the thing, right? Like, I would be really interested. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm like, you know, picking favorites here. But the, the way they've tried to play Mariner, and I don't know if it's, you know, because it's an important character and, and they're trying to portray real life lessons or, or because there's... Uh, you know, writer focus and actor focus on that. So it's like a lot of lot of things happening at the same time. But I would honestly, if there was a Starbase 80 episode, I would honestly be more interested in seeing how Boimler, Tendi, and Rutherford react to it than 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 Mariner. That's how my mind is now set up. Mm. Um I I I get too anxious about um serious plots around Mariner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if we're going to get it next season cuz next se- next episode I mean, not next season. I don't know if we're going to get Starbase 80 next episode. But um I I think I think I I'll keep an open mind if it does pop up in terms of if they're able to do a do a fun, do, like just a funny hijinks job on there. I think I want to get your perspective on the Breen in this episode. So, the Breen are like DS9 again like the DS9 references in the show continue so we get the, the brain being like super violent in this episode like technologically like you know overpowering the Cerritos about to drill a hole through the bulkhead to like invade and it's it, it gets very dark very quickly I yeah I I actually didn't know what was going on there for a bit like was trying to get get my head wrapped around the plot i was like wow okay um they're in trouble um you know the Breen is shooting um f- for one like that space battle the cerritos 
and that one sucked big time in I, I guess they were overpowered but they didn't get a single shot shot out and um yeah like also the breen ship ships sucked because whatever came into rescue the, the armored thing that came into rescue mm-hmm. um the cerritos like took out like five ships or something just single shot so that was uh, i guess it's it's like new technology and whatnot but again it felt like that 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 battle was there was no meaning in that battle it was it was just it was just set up to like prove to get out of that plot situation right like to get uh, to close it out without like having the cerritos boarded and and people being taken hostage and or or worse and they need to protect the god they didn't want to show like mm-hmm. random lower deckers you know dying or anything like that guess <laughs> they just needed needed an exit um yeah i was so, wondering like when they bust through all of the hulls like we didn't see anybody getting sucked into space or whatever i half expected like it was so the tone was so serious that i was like are we going to get that moment you know in lower decks which would be crazy i vaguely remember somebody floating but couldn't couldn't make out if they were like in a suit or not like it was that was, was like a that leg. was yeah so that was um it was a the, leg uh the spy from the oh, what was this? the alien species that was last season's villains why am i forgetting their name oh my god backlands so there was ah. that backlit spy who was on the Cerritos and they're like, look, he goes missing and Ransom and Keishan are looking for him and he like floats by the window like frozen <laughs> and they're able to revive him in the sick bay. That's what you're remembering. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah I so- have I have no further thoughts on the Breen. Again, it was so quick and, and there was no context to how they got to, to Brekka versus Onara and and then they were like on top of a battle and then suddenly they were not and they were done and and dusted yeah the 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 unmanned drone that basically shows up now there's like some theories popping around online about how this admiral is going to be a bad admiral because he's created these drones and they're called like i I believe they're called like texas class drones um (laughs) so it's like is this is this going to be some sort of evil well no is it like an evil starfleet kind of uh sub program that's been under the the hood and now is going to be revealed as like um it's been it's been revealed to the public and now it's going to go live and it's going to be like well we don't need real ships anymore because we've got these drones so like I, i don't know where they're going with this i didn't read into it that much i just thought it was kind of like a you know just a a quick reveal um so but I'm interested to see where, where you, your mind went with it. Yeah, well, when you said sub-program, you know where my mind went to, right? Like, control. There's oh. going to be an AI. <laughs> it's going to take over. <laughs> and then we have Landru and, and then that, uh, you know, that peanut pumper or hamper. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, a- Agamus and peanut hamper take over Starfleet with unmanned vehicles. That would be insane. I could 100% believe that they'll go. And then that ship, right? Like that ship, um, it kind of reminded me a couple of things. One was it looked a little bit like, I mean, it had nacelles. I don't think, wasn't there like a captain's yacht that looked like stylish that way a little bit? I'm getting some vague connects. That's one. And then the other was like, you know, that 
it shipped the the doctor um uh, from Voyager uh, uh transported back to right in 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 close to Romulan border the Prometheus or something that breaks into three ships. So that's I think mm-hmm. one reference to an automated uh ship. It looks different, but I think uh, I think the Prometheus had like crews well no because the romulans are all incapacitated and they have like an ai program that's running uh but but there's still the two doctors like on the bridge you know giving orders so this is like completely automated i don't know if it's probably been something in star trek up to this point that has been you know that has been this way like let's not kid ourselves like everything's been done on star trek at some point but uh, I I don't I I'm slipping my mind if I can remember a good example. Um, All right. So there's a Romulan drone ship in the Enterprise episode United. There's robot ships in the mid twenty third century in the original series and the animated series. It's called the Antares type vessels that are usually put out as freighters, and then. There was this robot ship that was mentioned later in another TOS episode. So those are the it's an Enterprise and TOS. It's not been there in any other uh, Star Trek. Yeah, and, and I don't know, like one of the soft back of the mind concerns I had was like, oh, are they going to reveal the ship? This whole thing, the whole episode was again outside of Mariner and and her issues and all that. Um, was was about. The California class and the Cerritos, uh, you know, striving for more relevance in in Starfleet, swing by missions and uh, all of that. But then, is this like Texas class automated ship gonna just sort of replace them for doing all these kind of you know? Like yeah, they're gonna cut down cut down the staff. Um, and <laughs> how does that matter though? There's no money, right? Like, so there's no uh, there's no cost to running a starship, right? They'll end up being renegade scientists on these distant worlds plotting. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, to get to the final scene here, the captain is uh, frantically trying to reach her daughter and turns out Mariner has given up her commission and gone off with that archaeologist Petra Aberdeen to go seek out archaeological finds that they can plunder. And it's a, basically a cliffhanger. Yeah, she uh, she got kicked out by her mummy, and then she's gone to search for uh, uh, <laughs> buried mummies. There you go. Good Riders one. Came. Good one. I like it. I like it. Uh, so obviously, we're not going to know anything about how this turns out until um, until next week, basically. But I mean, given Lord X's record, these things get resolved pretty quickly. Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be a very long kind of scene, but then, then is it is it setting up for the uh, season finale? Is that what it's all going to be about? Does Mariner get back, um, um, like, or does she set up a, a whole new, uh, future for her that goes into the next season, uh, which I kind of like. I'm partially excited about that. Because it's it's an approach that they haven't taken, and it, I think it's the first episode in this season where um, it was the it was the Bozeman Montana episode, right? Where mm-hmm. where she she suddenly like takes takes a shuttle and goes off, right? And and the rest of the crew are like, no, 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 um, 
will come with you. I think she's chasing she's chasing the ship that's I don't remember clearly, but in the end they just cut it out and like it she comes back. So I was like, are they gonna separate the lower deckers and show two separate plots in, in parallel? Maybe they do that. I don't know. That's that's uh what do you think? Is that is that something you could consider as good watching? I think so. I think I think it all depends on the execution, right? Like, I mean We've seen. I think I've called out on on other episodes how Lower Decks is able to just do things that I would otherwise think are wouldn't work, but because it's animated, because it's a TV show, like uh, that's kind of a little bit more humorous, they can get away with a lot of stuff. So I think it'd be fine. I think I think it just depends on on whether they get the right writer and director to pull it off. I think this episode as well, the plot necessarily isn't like a bad plot. I just think like I bumped on the writing and the execution. You know, I could see this episode, for example, being done better. Um, if, for example, they had taken the format of like the full reporter type documentary that you talked about, you know, so so we'll see. We'll see. Well, I don't have any other pieces to share on this episode. Anything else you had on your mind, Rudy? Yes, just one. Um, the the counselor gets his minutes on the bridge. I guess to talk <laughs> and he to his calls mommy. his mom. <laughs> his Mima. <laughs> That's great, Miglimo. Uh, yeah, I, I would totally do that if I was on the ship and I was in the captain's chair. I'd be like calling up all of my friends to tell them that I was uh, finally in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel for him like he he shed a tear or two and then I, I don't know like did he manage to convey the message or because we didn't see any response as such and he was like why are you calling me on the bridge he's trying to like you know badly cover it up but uh, yeah. <laughs> again something hopefully they 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 expand on in the future yeah seriously um well let's go into strange new ratings um I'm going to stick my neck out first and give this episode a 6 out of 10. Uh, I, I think it's it's not like horrible or anything, but it just isn't, I don't know, it didn't it didn't fit together well for me. So so I'm kind of on the uh, on on the below the rewatchability threshold of this one. What do you think? Mm. I will give it I will give it I will also give it 6 mummies out of out of 10 um i am uh clearly done with any mummy mariner issues or <laughs> i will be willing to entertain something to that effect if they keep them apart in separate ships and they show this like separation uh relationship situation maybe but uh otherwise like mariner either literally being a mess on the Cerritos or being accused of being a mess and then not being a mess, but being really good. Uh, all of that, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of done with it. So no more mummy man or Cerritos for me. All right. All right. I think that's a good call out and I would be on board with that as well. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Rudy, for taking the time to chat with me today. I do always like hopping on uh, with with you to, to talk about Star Trek. I feel like we've talked about Star Trek for like close to, has it been 20 years? Probably like 20 years at this point. Uh, and so it's always fun to, to do that again. 
Yeah, yeah, about the time it took uh, the Onarans to, you know, get themselves out of the ditch. Um, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should like, uh, you know, do a mural or something to get <laughs> 20 years of Star Trek, uh, close to 20 years or, or just about. Uh, thanks, Nacha, as always. It's, it's my pleasure. Yep. And thank you, Bill. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, Adam, for... For also being our usual co-host, hopefully whatever it is that y'all are doing today, y'all are having a great time. And thank you to your listener for making us a part of your week. We always appreciate you including us in your weekly podcast rotation. And thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. Always appreciate you strumming away on the guitar at the Klingon theme. And finally, special thanks to this artist who painted that mural. I think it was very evocative. In its in its portrayal, I think I think a lesser artist would have not given us as much of a laugh as when we saw it. So, special thanks to that person. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.